0: Welcome into the Jazz Notes podcast. I'm your host Ben Anderson. A very happy Friday to you, as we are 40 days away from the start of the Utah Jazz regular season. Find me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. Read me at KSLSports.com. Find us on social media: TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at kslsports.com. Appreciate uh, everyone who does that. Again, if you follow me on Twitter, it's the easiest way to submit your questions. I like to do this podcast as a mailbag, uh, at least throughout the off-season uh, when there's a little bit less uh, news to cover and I can address more of your questions. So I appreciate everyone who follows me again At Ben's Hoops. My DMs are always open, so if you want to reach out to me that way with questions, I'll either get back to you immediately or save them for the Friday podcast. Either way, I really appreciate everyone who does follow and interact. Uh, All right, let's get to the questions. Kind of a light day today, understandably. Uh, Today, BYU got invited to the Big 12 Uh, And the rivalry game between BYU and Utah is tomorrow. So those will carry the day sports-wise. So I don't think uh, most of the attention is on the Jazz. But uh, still got a couple of questions. If you want to find any of our coverage from Mitch Harper or Kyle Ireland. Uh, They've done a really good job uh, covering BYU and this expansion to the Big 12. And of course, the Holy War tomorrow. Uh, You can find Trevor Allen's work as well at kslsports.com. So make sure you uh, find KSL Sports even in the App Store uh, for all your uh, biggest football news over this coming weekend and throughout the uh, upcoming regular season. All right, let's get to the uh, mailbag questions. I appreciate everyone who sent them in. Richard Barton. How realistic is it that Quinn Snyder is open to Rudy Gay or Eric Pascal at the backup five? Has he shown anything that would hint about that making it happen depending on matchups? He's only talked about Rudy Gay's perimeter defense. And honestly, I don't even remember him talking about Rudy Gay's perimeter defense, but if you heard it, I believe that you heard it. Uh, I would be surprised if Rudy Gay gets a lot of minutes at the center position. 33 of those minutes are going to go to Rudy Gobert. The other 15 minutes are going to be made available to Hassan Whiteside and Yudoka Azabuki. Whiteside should open the year as the team's backup, though that might be one of the more intriguing under the radar battles heading into training camp. Uh, Azabuki, I thought, showed a really impressive offensive promise, kind of outside of his free throw shooting during the summer league, and I think he could alleviate some of the Jazz issues that they had uh, when other teams went small because Rudy Gobert can't score with his back to the basket and you sh- you learned in summer league and yes it's a it's a significantly different game but if you give Yudoka Azabuki the ball near the rim and he did this at Kansas too he's going to dunk it and and he's got a really soft touch he's actually got a good little push shot from you know 5 to 10 feet uh, he's got better finishing abilities than Rudy Gobert is he's stronger than Rudy Gobert is so if you give him the ball down low and you really want to go small Let's say in the second quarter or at late in the first quarter, because you think that's going to be a way to beat Rudy Gobert, it's really never worked for anybody until you get to the postseason. Uh, The Jazz could counter that with either Azubuki or Hassan Whiteside, both of whom have pretty good back to the basket games. So you don't necessarily need to go small with Rudy Gay to be able to counter other teams going small. I, in fact, think you can stay big with Azubuki and Whiteside and still score at the rim if that's what your concern is now if you're worried about hey who's going to match up with terrence mann on the perimeter maybe that's where rudy gay does find a spot i will say this you know i asked quinn snyder personally i remember he pulled me aside after practice one time uh, because i asked him if the jazz could go small when they had signed jeff green uh the same season they they signed ed davis and traded Derek favors much much like this year uh and snyder said you know Jeff Green's smart, he certainly knows how to play the position, that's something they could explore, and then you just basically never saw it, even though it seemed like the Jazz were struggling with Ed Davis and really struggling to find ways to get Jeff Green engaged and and kind of working in the system, Snyder ended up defaulting to playing Tony Bradley more than, than just playing Ed Davis or Jeff Green there. So it seems like he prefers to play big. Maybe he changes that this year because of what happened against the Clippers last year, but he seems to prefer to play his true big guys, he likes that for his system with his pick and roll and uh, it makes his point guards life easier. And the Jazz have good pick and roll guards between Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley uh, and, and even guys like Jordan Clarkson and uh, Jared Butler, Trent Forrest, I think to be good in that spot as well. So I think Quinn Snyder likes to stay big. I don't think you'll see Rudy Gay there. Rudy Gay played fewer than 10% of his minutes last year at the center for the Spurs. He had to play that last year because they were so ravaged by injuries. They just did not have a good big man rotation. Trey Lyles uh, also got some minutes there, former Jazz man we'll talk about coming up in a minute. Uh, But it was also a bit of a gimmick, not just to cover for injuries, but it was a way for the Spurs to generate three-point looks, which they didn't do at a super high rate last year. And what's the one thing we really know about the Jazz? They can get a three on any possession, throughout the game if they want to get a good look from three they're basically always going to get it maybe to the point where they didn't have enough options otherwise last season when they needed an easy basket at the rim they didn't know how to get it especially with their injuries so uh, you don't need to play Rudy Go- Rudy Gay at the five for the Jazz to generate three-point looks unless you're going to you know quadruple down on, on shooting the three and you think that uh, Rudy Gobert doesn't give you enough three point shooting just by his gravity of sucking players into the rim and you want to have an actual another guy standing out at the perimeter shooting the three then you could play rudy gay there but i don't think that's a concern for the jazz uh i will say this i as i don't think rudy gay is going to play a lot of five eric pascal might be another story uh he played nearly 30 percent of his minutes last year at center and gold uh, with golden state and played just 2% of his minutes there as a uh, rookie, according to Cleaning the Glass. Steve Kerr struggled to find the right role for, for Pascal last season with the Warriors uh, and kind of eventually pulled him from the rotation altogether in favor of Juan Toscano Anderson. Uh, but the best minutes they did get from him last season were at the center. Now, that could be any number of things. That might not just be because Eric Pascal was on the floor. That could be because those were the minutes he played alongside Draymond Green and... Steph Curry, and that was just the only time he's on the floor. You know, where you play as in your position can be a little gimmicky, uh, and the, the results cannot be totally accurate because it can reflect some similar to, to plus minus who you're on the floor with. Uh, but it is worth noting at this point in his career, he's a better athlete than Rudy Gay is. So if if the Jazz wanted more athleticism at the five, even though they were smaller, and Pascal's smaller than Rudy Gay, I don't know if everyone recognizes that he kind of has that big body but he's two inches shorter and 10 pounds lighter than Rudy Gay at this point in their careers. Uh, His athleticism is is better than Rudy Gay's. He's actually pretty good finishing on top of the rim, even when he's down low, as long as he can jump off two feet. Maybe you play him there and you like his bulk, even though he's not really a great defensive player. Maybe you give him an option at the five if Hassan Whiteside or uh, Yudoka Azabuki proves they can't Uh, they they can't fill those 15 minutes or or the Jazz aren't uh, positionally diverse enough to fill those 15 minutes. Maybe that's where Eric Pascal gets the opportunity. I would bet he gets more of an opportunity there than Rudy Gay does, but I'm still not betting on it. Uh, Sorry, kind of a long answer to that question. Cam Young on Twitter, assuming the roster is fully healthy, going back to Eric Pascal, can Pascal, uh, Jared Butler, or Trent Forrest crack the rotation? Uh, As I mentioned Uh, I do think potentially Pascal gets on the floor as a backup five. It is also worth noting, and and look, Quinn Snyder found, you know, plenty of ways to do this last season, Uh, but... You know, you've got Boyan Bogdanovich who's going to play thirty minutes or so at one forward spot. Royce O'Neal's going to play thirty minutes or so at one forward spot. He played kind of a lot last season. I think he played the second most minutes for any Jazz man, uh, Royce O'Neal, that is, because the Jazz were not thin there, but just they didn't have a great forward rotation. I do think Rudy Gay's probably a little bit better than George Niang, but not a huge margin. Uh, I, I think he's a little bit more trustworthy on the floor for you know twenty-five minutes a game, where I think George, you probably were getting your best at about fifteen minutes a game from him. But even if you played Bogdanovich 30, uh, O'Neal 30, that's 60 minutes. And let's say you play Rudy Gay, you know, 25 minutes, which is about what he was doing last year with the Spurs. Maybe he's less than that this year because he's a year older. You're still only at 80 minutes and the two forward spots have to get 96 minutes. So that leaves anywhere from, you know, 10 to 16 minutes as a backup three or four for, for, for minutes to be carved out. If you look at Mieoni's minutes, actually, over his career through the first two seasons, he's actually played more minutes at the small forward than he has shooting guard, though last year he played a little bit more guard than forward. Uh, You've got Elijah Hughes there who could potentially carve out minutes. You can certainly play Joe Ingles big, even though I kind of list him as a uh, backup point guard. That kind of seems where he does most of his initiation, though obviously Donovan Mitchell gets those opportunities as well. It's not really a clean you know, five-man rotation with a five-man depth chart, and Quinn Snyder only plays nine guys. Uh, so th- th- there's potential for there to be backup minutes at the forward spot, even behind Rudy Gay. And that could, in addition to the backup center minutes I talked about, that could carve out a role for Eric Pascal. That's where I would look for him getting on the floor. Though, you know what, if if Elijah Hughes stepped up and looked great, or Jarrell Brantley stepped up and earns a spot on the roster and looks great, he could get on the floor there. Uh those guys could all get some some minutes at the four. That's though kind of what I would be looking at. That those are those are the places where I think Eric Pascal could get onto the floor potentially. Three, four, five, having positional versatility is gonna be uh, beneficial for him. As for Jared Butler and Trent Forrest, let's look at the jazz guard rotation. Mike Conley's the point guard, Donovan Mitchell's the shooting guard, those guys each get thirty minutes a night, Donovan gets a little bit more. Uh, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson are your, you know, sixth and seventh guys, and they're the best sixth and seventh players in the NBA. That's why they finished one and two in six man of the year voting. Uh, but you know, Mike Conley was hurt last year at the end of the season. So was Donovan Mitchell hurt at the end of the season. So was Jordan Clarkson. If you remember, he talked about how bruised up and beat up he was at the end of the season. Uh, there are opportunities for Quinn Snyder to give those guys rest if he believes that Jared Butler and Trent Forrest can step in for, you know, 10 minutes a night, 15 minutes a night, and, you know, extend the life of Mike Conley and Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell and and Jordan Clarkson, extend their health deeper into the season. So, you know, you've got 82 games. If you were to take, you know, six planned days off for each player Okay, that's 24 games already right there of, of guys getting 20 minutes, you know, don't do the math on the air, but that's, what, 400 minutes of, of action that you could potentially give to Trent Forrest or Jared Butler next season. That that, that equals out to a lot, you know, that, that that can certainly work out for those guys. So, and, and that's not to say six games is the only rest you need to give. Does Mike Conley need to play 82 games next season? Can you get away with playing him 70? Can Donovan Mitchell get away with playing 75? Can Jordan Clarkson get away with playing, you know, 72 to 75? Joe Ingles got a lot of rest last year. I think there's opportunities to get rest that would also benefit both Trent Forrest and Jared Butler to get minutes. uh, If you believe that those guys need to develop on an actual NBA floor, otherwise they'll get plenty of opportunity in the G League. So I I think you'll see them. I I think rest will be a big part of what the Jazz do this year. I think that's going to be a major question for the team coming up this season. Uh, But that could carve out a role, even though it's not an every night role for both Butler and Trent Forrest. All right. Final question. I told you this we could be a little bit of a short one. Matt Pettit, on a scale of one to 10, how happy do you get when thinking of the return the Jazz got for Trey Lyles? So just to insert the kind of obvious spiel that every writer does. I'm not really a fan of the Jazz. I like the players. I like the team. I love my job. That doesn't make me a fan of the team. I'm not rooting for them. You know, I, I don't care if they make shots or miss shots. Uh, it, when they're winning, it makes my job easier because they're easier to deal with, but I don't, I don't root for the team. Uh, but I will admit this. the long, the further we get away from this trade, the better the trade gets for the Jazz. And it's crazy how good it's gotten. You know, even the night of it felt like a steal. And then it kind of kept getting better. And then if you look at where Trey Lyles and and Tyler Lydon are now, who are the two pieces the Jazz traded for, Tyler Lydon was the draft pick. Trey Lyles was uh, already on the Jazz for a couple of seasons. And where Mitchell is, it's just crazy. Donovan Mitchell's going into his, what, sixth season now? Fifth season now? Fifth season? Uh, and he's on a max contract, and he's going to be in Utah for the next four years. He's a perennial all-star. He's a perennial top 20 scorer. He's one of the best playoff performers in basketball over the last two seasons. It doesn't look like anyone has an answer for him in the playoffs. He just has ridiculously high potential, and he still hasn't reached it. Uh, So he's just a superstar, and he's going to keep getting better. That's incredibly fun for the Jazz. Trey Lyles is an NBA player. No question about it. You know He's going into his eighth season now I think in the NBA he was drafted 2 years before Donovan Mitchell so I guess that makes it his yeah his his seventh season now going into the NBA sorry again trying to do this math quickly in my head uh he just signed a 2 year deal with the Pistons basically at the veterans minimum 2 years 5 million bucks second year is a team option like that's fine that that's not really a great player that's certainly not what you expected when the Jazz drafted him in the lottery uh, out of Kentucky I think you expected him to be better so he's not a bust but he's not lived up to expectations Tyler Lydon, who was, you know, the pick they ended up getting back, who I, if I remember correctly, they wanted to draft OG Ananobi, uh, but the, the Raptors ended up picking him before the Nuggets could get him. His career has just been, I mean, for a first round pick, it's not been good. Uh, he played 26 games in the NBA between, I think, Denver and Sacramento. 26 games as a first round pick. Uh, you know, Trent Forrest, as an undrafted rookie, played more than that last season. Uh, he did spend two different seasons in the G League, made a little bit of money there. He was on Bayheim's Army if you've watched the basketball tournament uh, and they won. So he got $80,000 out of that million dollar share that they split up between the team. But then he retired from basketball. It's not like that was his ticket back in or going to play in Europe or playing in the G League. It sounds like he's done. So you look at that trade package of Trey Lyles and Tyler Lydon, who was just not an NBA player, for Donovan Mitchell, it's just, it's one of the worst trades any team's ever made. One of the best for the Jazz and one of the worst in in, in Nuggets history. Just absolutely ridiculously bad. I mean, it's not, you know, the Jazz trading Magic Johnson bad or Dominique Wilkins bad, but it, it's not good. And if you look at the money that Tyler Lydon's made, here's a good reference point for you. He made $80,000 winning the tournament with Bayheim's Army. Donovan Mitchell's new contract it's like thirty-four million bucks a year. Starting in his first season, he gets about eighty-five thousand dollars a quarter. Each quarter, he gets about eighty-five thousand dollars. So, you look at what he's making for every twelve minutes of game time. It's more than what Tyler Liden made playing for Bayheims Army. That's your podcast for today. Follow me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. Read me at KSL Sports com. Download the KSL Sports app, especially ahead of uh, tomorrow's rivalry game and all the big, uh, big 12 BYU coverage we've got. It's the best place to get it. And we'll catch up with you again next week. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and...